You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Episode 109 of the podcast. Welcome to it. We are the fellas, Cody Abrams and Melbourne, joining you for this one. Uh, guys, how we doing? Christmas in a couple of weeks. Well, I actually already had my Christmas this Saturday to uh, completely de-roll that or uh, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, we had our Christmas on Saturday just kind of as like getting it out of the way before I leave for Sweden. So that was a lot of fun. It was also my mom's birthday. So that's why I was back in town. But now I'm here in Collingwood pretty much just biding my time until uh, I leave Saturday. Very nice, very nice. I'm leaving Friday from Toronto to go back to uh, Brockville for the holidays, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Case, I actually wanted to ask you. I don't like. I haven't. I don't think I've asked you this. Are you gonna do the podcast in Sweden, or are we gonna be without you for a few weeks? No, I'm. I don't have any equipment, and I'm six hours ahead. Oh yeah, true. Okay, so okay, true. so. That, for the listeners, then, this is the first time I'm putting the pieces together, but it makes sense. It'll just be Harper and I after, uh, I guess, for the next episode then, right? Like, for, for yeah. what, three weeks then? Yeah. Okay. I guess so. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's a big loss. We got to put you on the IR. Maybe we'll be able to pick someone up and use that cap space for, for a third spot there. But, <laughs> but no, that's unfortunate. But... Don't I uh, don't feel bad for you, dude. You're gonna have a great time in Sweden, and uh, I'm looking forward to coming home too. So the boys are ready for just a great holiday season, and I can't wait. I've got one more exam. It's due tomorrow at 3:30, and then I am just cruising. I'm gonna play a shit ton of video games over the break, and I'm just gonna hang out, refresh my mind, body, and everything. So I just can't wait. Terrific. Uh, yeah, Case, we'll, uh, we'll take a look at the salary cap situation and, you know, see who we can get in there to replace you. But, uh, yeah, no, doing good, boys. Looking forward to the holidays. This is my last week of, of work at the station, and then I'm off all of next week. So looking forward to that. I'm going to be moving back home for the holidays and and uh, just looking forward to uh, to all the stuff that comes with it. So um, <laughs> moving back home, going two streets down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making it sound like I'm, you know, like Chad coming from <laughs> Toronto to Brockville or moving far away. Yeah, literally a couple couple blocks over. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to it all for sure. So, um, all right. So for this episode, of course, we'll, we'll start with a little fantasy corner, just a recap of, of last week and then to set up uh, week 10 in the Boys in the Booth uh, Fantasy Hockey League. Then a little cap or no cap. We've got one thing for that. And then uh, Canada announcing uh, their World Junior hockey team uh, for the upcoming tournament that starts Boxing Day in Edmonton and Red Deer this year. Uh, So we will get into a conversation about the roster uh, to wrap up the podcast. So uh, first with a little fantasy corner and uh, Casey, a a big win for you as expected uh, over me. And uh, obviously I'm rounding up here, but 255 to 146. So you... you beat, Maybe the you biggest understatement ever on the podcast. A big win. It was a freaking <laughs> catastrophic win. It was an absolute dummying, destroying, 
awesome win. Uh, over 100 points. That's what I want. Harp. That's tough. That's man. tough. But I, I will say, no like, I, I put up like the second best points in the league. I think LVB is the only guy that beat me, or maybe someone else did too. But like, I put up a lot of points, but also Harp's got to get a little more than 150 to beat me. Yeah, that's that's tough, Harp. Uh, I yeah. myself had a had a tough week. I did squeak out the win over Cameron uh, in the Arizona Blackhawks. I guess I shouldn't say it was a tough week because, like, if you look at the score, it did end up two sixteen to one fifty six. So I did get a, a handful of points over him here, and it was a pretty commanding victory by the end of it. However, throughout the week. There were like at least four days where I was chasing the game and I was chasing it all week. I was down to Cameron and then what happened was he has Nazem Kadri and he went down on the final day. So Cameron ended up uh, producing a lot lower than his projections and so did I. Uh, I don't know like what was happening. I just didn't have a lot of games and Cameron was projected to have a good week. And then by the end of it, after it all shook out, it, you know, I ended up coming out with a W and that puts me to 8-1-0 and for still first place in the league. So I'm cruising there. But what I did want to mention too um, was that Corey actually got his first win of the week and we post on on Instagram every week now on Mondays and we say hey what do you want us to talk about on the podcast you know if there's anything good we'll bring it up well Corey responded to this and he said fuck everything else you have to talk about the fact that I got my first fantasy win so I'm acknowledging that right now Corey's been setting his lineups and he had a good week last week he got the dub and he is pumped yeah Sure is. He actually messaged me as well because I sent him uh, Jake Bean's overtime winner for the Blue Jackets the other night and uh, just said, uh, better be on the podcast. And he basically gave me two choices. It's like either that or uh, me getting my first dub in fantasy. And he did. So congrats, Corey. Glad you're finally setting your lineups nine, ten weeks in. Christ. (laughs) Um, and, and for this week, I wanted to mention, too, because uh, I'm playing the second place team in the league right now, um, which is the Meatheads, and that's Luke Sheridan. And he's got a, a pretty good team. But this week, like for whatever reason, he has hardly any games played. And I have a ton, except for the fact that I'm missing a handful of guys because of Calgary having their games postponed this week. So I'm missing Kubalik tonight, who I just picked up. Marner's already on the IR. Neil Pionk is on the IR for that uh, hit against Rasmus Sandin. And then later in the week, like I'm missing another couple guys for games against Calgary. And so it's not good. I am still projected to win this week, but I think it's going to be another close one where, you know, I might be chasing it for a bit or it might come down to the wire. So those are fun. I'm looking forward to it. But at the same time, I, I want to keep my spot in first place so luke i'm, I'm not uh i'm not allowing you to win this week i'll say that i hate that i have more points than luke like total points and he's seven and two it's like come on yeah yeah it's all about the matchup like it's it's brutal you can put up 300 points yeah and then anytime you do someone will put up 310 who you're playing against you know it's all about the matchup yeah that's for sure case uh, who have you got uh who are you up against this week I'm in uh, fifth place right now, playing number six, Taylor Prosser, Bacchus Door Bandits. All right, um, and uh, he's coming off a loss against Corey, so he's going to be motivated, Case. We both have a decent amount of injuries going on, or COVID protocol as well, so it's going to be like a low-scoring event, I think, but so far yeah. I have the uh, I have the projected points on them, 214 and 188. 
Nice. Well, uh, I uh, I'm going to be up against uh, Horny Town Only Fans. What a name that is! Uh, <laughs> against uh, and that that's Brandon Irving, and he's three and six. I'm yeah. projected to win by about ten points or so, uh, and uh, it it should be a low scoring affair. So that one is is going to be interesting. So hopefully, I can squeak one out against uh, him. As uh, Casey said, after the catastrophic loss to him <laughs> uh last week so anyway uh looking forward to week 10 chad but before we move on let's uh let's get an update on the standings so i i can't remember do we do top five or bottom five last week i asked this every week now i do you guys I, remember we did bottom five last week i believe and if we okay. didn't i apologize so okay. <laughs> maybe two weeks in a row for the bottom five <laughs> all right well top five this week then uh me in first eight one and all i already mentioned that i've got close to 300 total points more than second i i'd have to do the quick math there but i'm cruising and uh, i'm looking for someone to take me down and as soon as someone does maybe you'll you'll get a shout out on the podcast um second place the meatheads that's who i'm playing this week that's luke sheridan third place with a name change actually that i forgot to mention last week will nye the science guy uh that's my buddy remy changed his name to will nye the science guy big william nylander fan fourth place the danbury thrashers i still hate saying that name because it's wrong have my danbury trashers jersey coming in the mail on wednesday by the way so i can't wait for that and in fifth spot Finally, I can mention Casey's name or one of your guys' name here in the top five. That's Bros Before Aho's great name, 5-4-0, and the total points are just rising. And if there's one team, honestly, and I'm not just trying to pump your tires, Case, if there's one team that I'm kind of worried about, it's it's you in fifth spot creeping up on me. I know your total points have just been flowing the last few weeks, and uh, you know it's got me checking over my shoulder. So I'll yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the team, and that's why like everyone keeps asking me like, "Oh, let's do a trade. We should do a trade." I'm like, I don't, I don't. There's not a guy on my team that I feel like losing. Yeah, and that's that's a good place to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, looking forward to week ten matchups for the uh, boys in the booth uh, fantasy hockey league. Okay, guys, let's get uh, into cap or no cap. So uh, just one for this. You're now listening to Cap or No Cap right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. No cap, this shit bussin'. Uh, the NHL players won't be going to the Beijing Olympics in February. Cap or no cap, Chad? Oof. I'll say cap. I think they still go. Um... Yeah, I, I think they still go to the Olympics because they didn't go to the last one and it sucked. And it sucked for everybody. It sucked for the players who wanted to play and represent their country. It sucked for the fans who wanted to see best on best. So I think in an ideal world, the players go and there's already an agreement for them to go. And so as of right now, they are going unless something happens. Now, I understand why you asked this question, because it has come out in the last couple of days that there will be a mandatory three to five week um, quarantine for any player who contracts COVID-19 uh, in China and they will be subject to the Chinese administration and they'll, they'll have to stay in China and they'll miss NHL pay. I believe that's a stipulation as well. So, and, and they'll have to be there for three to five weeks, even if they test 
negative in North America, but then upon arrival in China, they test positive. They won't be able to play at all, and they have to stay there yeah. for three to five weeks, and I know it's going to be an absolute nightmare, and people don't want that. So I understand the question. However, I think they still do go because it means so much, and I think we will see situations where people are quarantining, and, and it's not going to be great. But I think the, mm-hmm. the cost of that um, is outweighed by the benefits of going, in my opinion. And, and I think the players still feel that way, even though I heard from uh, an agent on behalf of the, the NHLPA saying that this was kind of worst case scenario, these, these quarantine rules. So, uh, like, it's a tough decision, but I think they still go. And I really hope they do go. Well, well, I'm going to be short and sweet here because Chad stole all the sorry, thunder on this sorry. topic. So I'll just say, uh, Cap, with a asterisk, I'm going to say the NHL players are still allowed to go, but a lot of them are going to choose not to go. Mm. That's yeah. that's a concern I'll as well. I agree with that. That's yeah. definitely a concern. Like we saw... We saw Robin Lehner, I mean, for different reasons, but already opt out of, of playing in the Olympics. And that's that's not a nobody. Like, that's probably, that's their starting goaltender more than likely. So, Markstrom's I mean, pretty good. Markstrom is pretty good. and But but Lehner is also very good. So, it, I mean, it, one of their top two, anyways, is is the point. But it's, yeah, so we can yeah. definitely, definitely see that, which is too bad because the whole point of NHL players going is, is best on best. But... Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we'll see what happens. I hope they go. I really do. Yeah, no, you want to see them go and and uh it's it's a big honor for these NHL guys, but uh it's just, you know, COVID is not going away and the quarantining and stuff. That that's that's hard. Like, could you imagine being one of the players in this 3 to 5 week quarantine in China? And you're there and you're watching your team lose games and you want to go back to North America to help them out. That That is one point that I heard on another podcast I was listening to uh, before we hopped on for, for this episode. And, and, and it's an excellent one, I think. And the other thing, too, is scheduling for the NHL, right? I mean, there there is... Um, you know, there, there is that factor as well that they, they have this Olympic break in their schedule. And I know that that is the last thing the NHL wants to do is is alter the, the schedule at all. Um, you know, if uh, if the players decide not to go. So anyway, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, the, the Olympics are coming up fast. That's for sure. They are. And I think. Um well, I, I wanted to say two things. I, I think first, like regarding the, the schedule, shouldn't the NHL like take out the all-star break? Like if they're worried about, you know, like not being able to fit enough postponed games, like isn't the all-star break the first thing to go rather than pulling players out of the Olympics? Like that's what I think um, should yeah. happen and probably will happen. They just shouldn't have an all-star break. Every Olympics prior when the NHL is going, they just don't have an all-star team or an all-star break at all so it kind of just makes sense to scrap it um and then second the the omicron variant isn't going away like this is something that has made it into canada and i saw something today that um in ontario by december 31st they expect the number of covid cases to be upwards of ten thousand per day meaning that some cities in in ontario with nhl teams so this is toronto and and ottawa and then maybe throughout the rest of canada too if this spreads 
um, could see their buildings like not be at full capacity. So it's not yeah. it, this isn't a, a, the case of of China being stricter on this virus or something. It's it's the Omicron variant that really is kind of throwing this whole thing for a loop and not only the Olympics, but even the regular NHL here at home. So it's just it's crazy. And, and hopefully things go well. All, all we can do is cross our fingers. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this has crept its way into every single conversation I've had in my entire life in the last two years. So um, I'm going to either have to force us to move on here or I'm going to be putting it on my contract next to Jack Eichel talk under (laughs) I will not speak about fucking COVID variants. Fair enough. I'm good with that. Fair enough. All right. I'm good with that as well. Uh, let's let's move on. So uh, let we'll talk about uh, Team Canada now and uh, announcing their uh, their World Junior squad for the upcoming tournament in Red Deer and Edmonton that we're uh, we're all looking forward to. It gets started on Boxing Day uh, with Canada and the Czech Republic and uh, a couple of notable. Um, absentees on this roster. Uh, one in defenseman Brant Clark, uh, who was not invited to uh, the selection camp, uh, high first round pick of the Los Angeles Kings in the last draft, and Hendricks Lapierre, who started out the season with the Washington Capitals, uh, scored in his first NHL game, and then was eventually sent back to the queue. Uh, he does not end up making the team. Uh, Zach Dean is another name, uh, late first round pick of the of the Vegas Golden Knights, who just signed his entry level deal, just to name a few. But Clark and Lapierre, uh, uh, we'll start there. Uh, thoughts on these guys not uh, not making the team? One not being invited to camp, and the other uh, being one of the final cuts. Uh, Case, we'll start with you. Well, I'll talk about Brant Clark first because, frankly, I'm not as shocked that he didn't he's not on this team as as some others are from what i've heard so far i am shocked he didn't get even invited but not shocked he he didn't make the team necessarily um the one thing really going for him that's hurting this team is that they now have no right-handed defensemen so that's the one thing that's a little sketchy about this but when you think about brant clark he's kind of one-dimensional at this point in his career or his OHL career, I, I, I suppose we should say in Slovakia, it's that he's all offense and he doesn't really have a consistent defensive aspect to his game and his skating isn't even that impressive at this level. So mm-hmm. this guy can dish the puck around and, and has some unbelievable hands and a hard shot for his size, but you look at this team and I think they're starting to realize that they might have to start taking an approach kind of like the men's Team Canada where they need to add a few guys that can play some real defense and kind of throw the body around and, and get in lanes and whatever else is necessary here because they have the scoring touch. You look at all the other guys on this team, they can all score, they can all pass. You look at the, some of the guys that got cut from this team. William DeFore has 24 assists and 20 goals in 26 games in the queue. Cut. Mm-hmm. You look at um, Evangelista, captain of London. Nashville pick. Yeah, 20 goals, 20 assists, and 21 games in the OHL cut. They realize that guys have to be dynamic hockey players to make this team. They have to be able to play all over the ice and have some other aspect. William, William DeFore, six foot three, 205 pounds and all those points. Kind of surprised he got cut, but I'm not with Brant Clark because they need guys on the back end that can uh, do it all. 
I, I buy, I buy the argument. Um, and, and I understand that you need some diversity on the back end. However, I, I will say that I find it kind of ludicrous that he wasn't even invited to camp to kind of show what he can do. And at the same time too, like I understand if a player is, is one dimensional and, and you know, you see their games and you feel that they're one dimensional or you see their stats and you think they're one dimensional. But I think there are two things going here. First, as I mentioned, like he didn't even get invited. So he wasn't even able to prove in a training camp that he can defend the way that they want him to. If that's the case, if they need a defensive defenseman or whatever on the right side. So we didn't even get a chance to prove that. Um, and second, like this guy's played in Slovakia. He has some experience against bigger players like like men. So I just think that it's, you know, maybe you can make the argument that, OK, you need some some better defensive defenseman to fill a role. And like, that's fair. We, we know that you can't win with just all skill. But like also with that being said, you know, Connor Bedard is on this team at 16, so there's an argument to be made yeah. there. But it's it's like he's played against men, and he didn't even get a chance to prove that he could fill a role that they need. So not being invited to me is way more surprising than Hendrix Lapierre getting cut. In terms of talking about Calder races and talking about the draft, you know that I like weigh heavily on the fact that guys are playing against men over in Europe, but. I don't think that's as significant as an argument in this situation, because if that were the case, then Finland and Sweden would be kicking our asses every single year because all of their team is playing against men. Same as Russia, same as Czech even, or Slovakia, but they're just playing at lesser leagues in Slovakia. So mm-hmm. the playing against men thing, sure, it's it, it does give a uh, little strength to the argument about a defenseman, but... I don't think it's necessarily as strong of an argument when it comes to the world juniors. And I think it's just like you look at some of the other defensemen on this team and it's like, well, is Brant Clark even going to be on the power play on this team? If you have Owen Powers quarterbacking, if you have um, Cormier power back or quarterbacking, like <laughs> those guys are going to be the anchors and they're going to be dishing the puck around at the top of the, uh, the umbrella. So it's like, yeah, does Brad Clark play on the power play? If he's not playing on the power play, he's not going to be playing on the penalty kill. So he's going to be riding pine. And it's like, at that point, I'd rather have some, you know, bigger, stronger defense, defensive minded defenseman that's able to eat some minutes in those five on five areas or the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. It's a uh, yeah, it, it's it's a very good defensive core uh, without Brand Clark. I mean, there's no question about it. You mentioned Owen Power. He's going to be expected to be a, a workhorse on the back end for for this team. I think going into this tournament, it'll kind of remind me of what Thomas Shabbat was for Team Canada a few years back. Right, guys. I mean, we all remember how well he played. Caden Gooley, the Montreal Canadiens, and Carson Lambos, a nice uh, mid uh, round pick in in the last draft by the Minnesota Wild. Those are the three names that uh, that jump out to me. Cormier, as you mentioned, Case as well. I don't know him that well, uh, but uh, should be an, a nice defenseman for them uh, as well. Offensive weapon, smaller guy, like really small, but just offensive, like way, way more dynamic than yeah. all the other guys on the team. I don't know if it's more dynamic than Brant Clark, but... I think he's got a little bit more to his game than Brant mm-hmm. at this point. Like Brant has way more uh, potential. Like if, yeah. if we're talking potential, who's going to be on this team? Clark is one of my first picks. Like I think that guy is going to be 
such a great player in the league but i do like this decor because it doesn't seem like we're gonna have a situation like we did last year where bowen byram and jv drysdale had to play like 400 minutes and it's like you only have that go-to pair like the whole tournament it seems like it's going to be a little more spread this year with owen power again a lot of time and and Gooley as well mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh chad let's get your thoughts on the guys the three guys that are going to be behind the defense the goaltenders and obviously sebastian cosa of the detroit red wings uh their draft choice uh from the 2021 draft is uh, is the guy that stands out out of the three your thoughts on the netminders selected for this team? Yeah, well, I think Kosa or, or Kosa is probably the guy. You know, he was a high pick and you would expect him to start. I don't know. Like, I haven't looked at his numbers this year. I don't know if he's, if he has the best numbers or if he's like coming into the league as the best goal. Can you tell me, Case? Yeah, he, he's played two more games in Grand both in whl he's got 924 save percentage and grand's got uh 932 that might be a a team thing because grand's goals against average is much better than casa's but mm-hmm. i mean who's to say yeah i i mean like it there's it always seems like in this tournament there's an older goalie who might be more established and then there's a younger guy who was somewhat of a higher pick and i think of like uh last year and jesper wallstedt for uh team sweden and the guy ahead of him was hugo allen and allen was a late pick by i want to say tampa bay a few years yeah, ago correct yes <laughs> and we hadn't really heard much about him. Like we knew he was drafted. We knew that he was Swedish and was going to play. And then he ended up starting over Wallstedt and we were all kind of like, Whoa, like, you know, what's going on here. So don't be surprised if it's a similar thing this year and Casa doesn't get the start just because, you know, we're expecting it because he has that high ceiling, that high potential. He was such a high pick, but you would expect him to get games in. And if that happens, then I think that's a win for him. You know, regardless of how he plays, it's about the experience. It's about, you know, helping your team win. I think if he gets, you know, some experience and if he'd be able to help that confidence, it'll be a good thing. I think with these two guys, uh, it's just ride the hot goalie. Like give them each a game, whoever looks better. That's who you go with until you need to make a change because they're both so good. And one of them has experience. So that that, he'll probably get the first game if, if you ask me. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, Kosa will be the guy, and uh, we'll, we'll be watching him and uh, Wallstead for Sweden, right? We'll be watching those two guys because they were the two uh, big goaltenders drafted in the first round in in uh, in this past draft and so uh the other two goalies of course for canada at this tournament will be brett uh brochu of the of the london knights he is uh, uh expected to be picked in the 2022 nhl draft and uh dylan uh, garand of the uh, of the kamloops blazers as well a new york rangers draft choice um let's uh let's go to the forward group now guys and uh canada always has an exciting forward group but this uh this forward group is is even more exciting this year i I feel like because we are getting a look at the future and uh that is starting with shane wright of the kingston frontenacs who is the projected number one overall pick uh for the 2022 nhl draft and then moving on to 2023 
Connor Bedard is the projected number one pick, a 16-year-old on this team, as you mentioned, Chad. Uh, let's start with those two guys and then uh, the other players that you guys like in this forward group. So, uh, Chad, let's go to you first. Well, let's start with Connor Bedard, the seventh 16-year-old to ever make a World Junior squad. Uh, let me just read the names that he's he's being mentioned alongside. Connor McDavid in 2014, Sidney Crosby in 2004. Ever heard of those guys? They're pretty good. Uh, Jason Spezza might be the best out of the three I've already mentioned. What a player he is on the Maple Leafs, and a dirty one at that with a six-game suspension. Oh, jeez. Uh, so he was in 2000. Jay Bomeister also in 2000. What a solid career Bomeister had. Eric Lindros, who was just nasty like absolutely nasty coming into the NHL and also who could forget Wayne Gretzky the greatest player to ever play the game in terms of his dominance and points so to be amongst those names is is ridiculous and it was so funny like I posted on boys in the booth the other day uh, Connor Bernard's response to being compared to those guys at a presser and you can just already tell like when you watch the video that he is just so annoyed by these comparisons <laughs> because the kid is 16 years old like he's in grade 10 for heaven's sakes and he, someone said to him you know how do you feel being compared to guys like McDavid and Crosby and he was like well, I'm young, and McDavid has two points per game in the show. I think it's a bit different. So that w- <laughs> I thought that was cool. Like You see yeah, a little bit of personality that. coming out of the kids. So what an honor to make this team. And uh, we'll see how much he actually plays, because I don't think they would have taken him if he was going to be like the 13th forward and not play. Do you know what I mean? So I think he's going to be put mm-hmm. in an offensive role, maybe in the top six. So like I would love to see that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I know that he's sick of the comparisons, but like you have to yeah. look at what he's doing, and then like look at the. I mean, he's the only one since McDavid to put up put up those numbers in the U18s, and it's like, yeah, like we're gonna do that. Everyone's gonna do that. So, <laughs> I do like yeah. his mentality towards it. it. Shows a lot of like character as well as like maturity. But um, it's gonna happen. So get used to it, kid. But yeah, yeah exactly. those two guys are obviously the ones everyone's excited about with Wright and uh, and Bernard. And Wright, I watched a lot of the U18s last year. He was the second best player on the ice at all times. Um, the first being Connor Bernard, the younger player. I actually thought he was better than Wright watching him the whole time. And he was just all over the place in a good way and like always on the puck. So exciting guy to watch. But I, what I will say here is just temper your expectations like i'm i'm just kind of sick of us putting a lot of pressure on the youngest players on the team when this is a 19 year old tournament like it, it happens all the time we talk Every about year. byfield and lafreniere and like all these other guys that just have so much pressure on them and then it's a it's an older player that always takes the show if it's yeah. barrett hayden or Dylan cousins like for recent memory here yeah so yeah. I will temper expectations there and, and try to say, like, let's slow down <laughs> with uh, with what we expect from the younger guys. But mm-hmm. like you said, Harv, this is a sweet forward group. And there's a lot of guys who can put the puck in the net and, yeah, uh, like, top down. So it's going to be exciting for sure. And I'm looking for the guys um, that have been around the block to, to really show up here and I'm hoping for Cole Perfetti to, to put up a better tournament this year and maybe Jake neighbors as well. Um, 
we got away from this pretty pretty quick, but I do want to mention Henrik Slapier because that one absolutely blew my mind. I'm not shocked about Brant Clark, but I'm blown away about Lapier. Like I, me too. A week ago, I was like, oh, he's going to the camp. Oh, he's a lock. Him, McTavish, and uh, Jake Neighbors all locks for this yep. team. And then I saw today that he was cut, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> like, I watched him in preseason a lot because he played the Devils a few times, and I just had Washington on the screen quite a bit. And he was, like, one of the most noticeable players on the ice at all times, again. And I was pretty shocked to see that he, he wasn't making this team. I, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a position and size thing. He's not very big. He's playing center, and it's like, again, that's a role that – has been overflown on this team like skilled centers so yeah i guess maybe that's the case but shocked about that one i me too man like i'm just shocked that well like first of all we never see this happen where a player has played nhl games and then doesn't make the team like when is the last time we saw this hat like in recent memory i can't think of it you know what? I'm I, all I can think of when I think about this situation is the uh, that bald Swiss coach who's like they're bigger than us, they're faster than us, they're, be- they're better than us, they shoot harder than us, they hit harder than yeah. us, and and he's like I can just see him in an interview now. They cut a guy who played in the NHL. Yeah, no, seriously though, like and he played what seven games with with the Caps this year, six, six games before they let him go, like clearly because they didn't want to burn the first year of his ELC and thought he'd be good in junior again. And but it just it makes no sense to me. Like the guy literally has an NHL goal. He had a fantastic preseason, as you mentioned, Case, and that was mm-hmm. one of the, the big points going into the year. Like, that's why he made the team out of camp, because he had such a great season. And, like, it, it's just shocking. It, it's truly shocking. I just don't yeah. understand the rationale. There's, there's teams that can't get players on their team that are drafted, and Canada's cutting guys that have played in the NHL and scored. Yeah. And do you think, like, do you think if they lose – this tournament if they don't win gold lapierre can just say well there you go you know i i think if they do not succeed in this tournament um i'm gonna get a little bit of a munting, michael bunting situation going with brant clark and lapierre where i'm just sick of hearing their name because <laughs> there's going to be so much talk about how they fudge this team by not taking those two guys yeah. so i really yeah. hope they win gold so i don't have to go through that <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, if you go over to uh, to TSN.ca, there is, uh, and you go to the Hockey Canada page. It's it's all about the uh, you know the roster being announced, obviously, and uh, some of the interviews, like the one with Connor Bedard about making the team, and then another, I think, from uh, a, an executive, uh, someone a part of the the management group, just kind of explaining why. Connor Bedard wouldn't be denied, and why uh, Lapierre um, just wasn't a fit for for this uh, for this roster. So, um, one point I wanted to bring up: so the tournament is split in Red Deer and Edmonton this year. Man, the Edmonton Oil Kings are like so stacked, and they've got four guys 
on this team to watch out for. Kosa, as we mentioned, Caden Gooley, who was just traded there in the WHL uh, by the Prince Albert Raiders. And then we've got Jake Neighbors, who looked great early on with the St. Louis Blues, and Dylan Gunther, the first-round pick of the Arizona Coyotes. So um, just a, a cool little connector there, and, and I'll be watching out for those four guys because uh, the, the tournament is in Red Deer and Edmonton. Yeah. You know, I was kind of hoping that maybe the question would be asked who we think the standout player is going to be, like take a stab before this tournament starts. Um, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to pose the question myself. Yeah, for Canada. So, for Canada. So, like, you know, last year's Cousins. Yep. This year, let's each give three players and see who's right. Maybe it's not, maybe it's none of them. You can, I think, I, how would we do the draft again? Okay. Let, let's just let's do one each because we're going on time here. I'm going two each. Okay, let's go quick then. Okay. 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 Case, since you brought it up, you'll go first. Uh, I'm better looking than Harp, so I'll go second, and then Harp <laughs> goes third. <laughs> How's that sound? That sounds great to me. I'm taking Mason McTavish. Yeah, I mean that's an easy one. The kid's got an NHL goal, right? Like he's he played a yeah. bit with Anaheim to start the season. He looks like an absolute Sasquatch when you look at him. Sasquatch with a with a TikTok haircut. But yeah, Dude, sure. he, he has two goals and assists in nine games in the NHL. He's got three games in the AHL goal and assist, and he's played four in the OHL since being sent down. Has five goals. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, number two, I'll take Cole Perfetti. I mean, this guy also has NHL experience. He was a high pick last year. One of the most skilled players in that draft. And, uh, you know, Winnipeg's happy to have him. I think he'll have a fantastic tournament as one of one of the older guys. Not not necessarily oldest, but, you know, he's not 16 Connor Bedard. So yeah. Cole Perfetti, that's my pick. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to surprise you guys with this one. Owen Power, for me, number one overall pick of the Buffalo Sabres, just ripping it up at, at Michigan, and uh, he's going to be expected to be a horse. The big six-foot-six defenseman, uh, he, he's going to be on the ice a lot. So I, I'm looking at Owen Power uh, for Team Canada. Okay, who's your next one? I'm going to have to go with his teammate, Kent Johnson, and just the the skill and the way he plays down low and the hands in front of the net. I think this guy is going to be able to uh, score a bunch of goals in this tournament. And uh, a shout out to Corey once again, because he's a Columbus Blue Jackets first round pick. And uh, I, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Kent Johnson. I just I think the skill is off the charts and I think his name kind of gets lost a little bit. In the yeah. forward group, when you're talking about Bedard, Wright, uh, McTavish, Perfetti, Neighbors, all these guys that that we've mentioned. And so I'm going with Kent Johnson. I'll go with Sebastian Casa. Don't know if he gets the first start of the tournament, like we mentioned, but if he does, I think, you know, he seems like a big time player. And if he can roll with it, that'd be great. There's a reason that he crept up in, in the draft last year to actually be picked ahead of Jesper Wallstedt, who at one yep. point was projected top five. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick Casa and, and hope that, you know, he gets a start or two and is just able to run with it, like we mentioned. 
All right. I got exactly how I wanted this to play out. I knew I wasn't going to get Perfetti and McTavish, so uh, I'm happy with my second, who was my second, and I'm going to take Dylan Gunther because oh, I yeah. want the two best goal scorers on this team as my, my go-tos. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, all of yeah. the players we mentioned, I think, should be big impact players. I mean, with the exception of maybe Casa, if he isn't the starter, if, if uh, you know he isn't able to, to get a few starts and run with it, but... I guess we never know, but those six seem like they're going to have a good shot compared to a younger guy like, say, you know, Connor Bedard, who is 16 years old. I don't know if we've mentioned that only about 18 <laughs> times, uh, but it's just you can't expect too much from him. I was going to I was going to pick him and say, you know, like maybe he'll have an exceptional tournament and he'll live up to the hype. But I think it's impossible to live up to the hype when you're being compared to the best player on the planet. So. Mm. Yeah, definitely. No, uh, it's uh, it's a lot to put on a kid that young. But, uh, hey, there are other great forwards on this team, and uh, we certainly uh, made an effort to, to talk about them. Case, I like the pick of Dylan Gunther. That guy uh, is a goal scorer. And uh, wouldn't it be something if he is a, a big impact player for this team uh, in sort of the same way that Barrett Hayton was? That would be great for the Arizona Coyotes. They could use some... Uh, some positivity right now so um there we go uh guys any last thoughts on team canada's roster heading into uh the world juniors that start boxing day go ahead. Uh, i pretty much just gonna say what every canadian's thinking um and what we say every year it's gold or i'm gonna riot and uh never <laughs> like one of these players again yeah, totally. And send them death threats on social media. And like, that's what wasn't going there. That's what happens. It is so sad. If if the team loses oh. this year and we see that again, like that, there's just no excuse for that. I can't believe that that no. shit happens every year. It's not even anyway, every year, every yeah. year. My final thought on on Team Canada, it's on the men's team and not uh, not the world junior team. It's a question, actually, not a thought to you guys quickly as we wrap up. Uh, who should I get on a jersey? I'm going to get the white jersey for the Olympics as long as NHL players go. Who should I get on it? Because I haven't decided. Oh, man. I don't know. So many good choices. Yeah. It's like, yeah. put all of them on a dartboard and throw. Yeah. It's like, do I get Michael Bunting or Zach Hyman? You know? Which way? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. I don't know that uh, that's something for you to think about. Just, you know, get the whiteboard out, put the whole roster on there, four lines, your your three pairs of D and your goaltenders and make your decision from there. Yeah. Throw a dart. Like <laughs> Case said. Yeah, exactly. Um, one one quick note before we wrap up. Uh, obviously, uh, last week's episode, we talked about the changes in Philadelphia and Vancouver. And thank you for listening to that, by the way. Um, the Vancouver Canucks are 4-0 under Bruce Boudreau. Uh, four straight wins for them. And uh, I've actually watched a couple of his post-game media conferences and the guy is hilarious he is a great soundbite guy and is just a breath of fresh air so way to go uh, for bruce and and the vancouver Canucks, who by the way uh just hired jim rutherford as well uh as the president of hockey ops and the gm search is underway so hey way to go canucks yeah Pedersen comes down with an absolute vintage Pedersen, even though he's like 12 years old and has a beauty <laughs> schnipe. And then they start <laughs> chanting for, for Bruce. It's like, Bruce, okay. there it is. Yeah, Bruce, there it is. This team's yeah. back. 
Patterson remembers how to score now because Bruce gave him that bottle of water that was from Michael Jordan's bag or whatever. So <laughs> they're back and they're ready to go. Yeah, Love to see it. Excellent. And congratulations uh, to Ben Bishop on a heck of a career uh, as well. And uh, we posted about that on our Instagram. You can check that out uh, at Boys in the Booth. World Junior starts Boxing Day. It's Canada and the Czech Republic. Seven o'clock puck drop on TSN. And uh, we look forward to the World Juniors every year. So thanks so much for listening to episode 109. Casey, have a great trip in Sweden. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.